0: we are in Hebrews chapter 11, so would you please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're speaking about faith challenges that will come to us in 2023. And so we've been looking at Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, and uh, we've gleaned some lessons from these men and women whom The Bible calls people of faith. Last time I preached, I said that you and I can put our names within the names of these people. Because every child of God is a person of faith. I think we can grow in our faith much deeper. We can believe God for so much more than what we are at the present time. And that's one of the lessons we learn from the book of of Hebrews, and um, so we've looked at four other characters, and we looked at the nature of their faith, and what they were saying to us, and um, this morning, I think we're going to look at one of the most beautiful characters within faith, and we're going to be speaking about Sarah this morning, a lady of great faith. And so, I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to read verses 11 to 16. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had the promise, who had made the promise. And so, from this one man... And he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city. Is this not beautiful? Such a wonderful, wonderful portion of scripture. John MacArthur says, faith sees the invisible, hears the inaudible, touches the intangible, and accomplishes the impossible. The story of Abraham and Sarah and the birth of Isaac, I think, is one of the most interesting stories within the Bible. Although Sarah was past the age of childbearing, 90 years old. God promised Abraham, who was 99 years old, and Sarah that they would have a son, Isaac. And we know that he was born. The reason why it is such a wonderful story is because even though their circumstances are different, their natures are very much the same as you and I are. All throughout the Bible, sometimes we can't put ourselves in their shoes, but we can put ourselves within their lives because man is man. We don't change a whole lot. And we see this with Abraham, and we see this with Sarah. You may remember that when Sarah overheard the angel of the Lord telling her husband again that she would bear a son at the age of 90, she laughed in unbelief. Now, some of us would cry in unbelief. Some of us would laugh in unbelief. But one year later, the scripture says in Genesis chapter 18, she gave birth to a healthy boy. And they appropriately named him Isaac, which means, yes, you guessed right, laughter. A little bit of a sense of humor within God. As the proverb says, he who laughs, laughs the hardest or best. And certainly this story is one like that. Sarah's initial laughter of unbelief was transformed into laughter of faith. But this move from being unbelieving to being faithful occurred long before the fruit of her faith was born. I want you to look at two significant facts within the life of Sarah. Now we do know that her name previously was Sarai, which meant princess. But then God says, change her name to Sarah, which would mean mother of many nations. Abram or Abram was named, what was his name? Anybody can tell me what Abram meant? What it meant. Yeah. God is exalted. Then to Abraham, what does that mean? Father of many nations. So we see that something changed within their lives. It was a prophetic statement over their lives. When he changed their lives, he was breathing life into them, what Jenny was talking about this morning. Putting hope within their hearts. My friends, that is what the gospel does. The gospel breathes life and hope into everyone who would look at Jesus. And that one song says, look to Jesus now and love." That is what happens when the gospel comes within our lives. And this is a picture of the beautiful gospel when God changed their names to the names that they have now, Abraham and Sarah. So when her name was changed into Sarah, It was a prophetic word that was spoken. God followed the prophetic word with some actions later on. Two significant facts. Sarah had difficulty believing God at first. And I must be honest, as I read the scriptures within the Old Testament, I thought, how can Sarah be called a woman of faith? Because her action was that of unbelief. You can go and read it. You say, she didn't believe. But then the Holy Spirit takes us to Hebrews chapter 11. And it tells us that she believed God. And it was credited to her as righteousness, but also faith. But her initial reaction was that she had difficulty believing God. When she first heard the promise of God, she doubted the promise. In the Genesis account... The Lord appeared and talked with Abraham right outside of the door um, where they were living in the tent. And the Bible says that Sarah was inside of the tent. And so when the angels appeared, Sarah was in the tent. But as they started speaking, she put her ear to the tent door and she was listening The conversation, my friends. Sometimes it is not a good thing to listen to other people's conversations. You may hear something that you don't want to hear, and she heard something that she really didn't want to hear, but that she was meant to hear. You will remember a little bit earlier. God told Abraham that him and Sarah would fall pregnant. For some reason, Abraham didn't carry the story to to her men we've got to communicate a little bit better than our wives to to our wives than what Abraham here. So we see that he communicated really, really poorly to her. But she overheard what was said. And that's when she laughed. It was a laugh of unbelief. Ninety years old, falling pregnant again. Kima and I, we were talking about children just before the service began, and she didn't know what I was going to speak about, and she said, I'm so glad that I don't have to have children, or more children anymore, and I said to her, well, we're speaking on Sarah this morning, (laughs) And, 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 and you know, we all act in unbelief sometimes when God shares things with us, and tells us things that we actually do not, Want to hear, and we see that this is kind of the story here. I want you to look at the humanness of Sarah because we're exactly like her man outside the tent. There were three men around there, and they started talking about the things of God. And as they talk, she listens and she hears what plans God has for them, but not only for them but for the whole world. And not only for her generation, but for generations to come. Wouldn't that scare you? That was massive. That was awesome. That was so big. And so my friends, you and I can understand her reaction. But that started to change. Because remember, as she laughed, The angel turned to her and said to her, it was actually Jesus, said to her, "Um, why are you laughing? (coughs) And she said, I wasn't laughing. She lied. She lied out of fear. And my friend, so often when we lie, it's because we're afraid. And she was afraid, so she lied. But also, she was full of cynicism. And cynicism will cause us to laugh as well at things that God is saying. And I believe that God wants to deal this morning with fear and with cynicism within our lives when it comes to the whole area of faith. We're so cynical as Christians when it comes to faith. And we should be the most optimistic people when it comes to faith. When God throws challenges out in front of us, when he gives us opportunities, we ought to be the most faithful. Filled people on the face of the earth but we've become so cynical god wants to deal with our cynicism this morning when we look at the life of sarah instead of judging her we need to see how she started to transform her doubt into faith and she started to believe god and it was a journey but it's like that for all of us to turn our doubt into belief takes time. I remember when God spoke to Jenny and I about coming to Switzerland. It's nine years ago. And, and, and after that nine years, you know, when I look back, I remember the stories again that surrounded us at that time. I was f- almost 50 years old. Uh, Jenny was much younger. And Chris was sixteen and Ryan was eighteen. And we were in a church that I could only call it was my dream church to leave. And we and I absolutely loved it. We lived about five hundred meters from the beach. We could just walk across the highway. We lived ten minutes from the cricket stadium that I loved. If any of you know cricket, you know about that. Seven minutes the rugby stadium. It was just a lifestyle that I enjoyed and it was just we thought. Well, I thought it was where I was going to die one day. <coughs> but God, in a most wonderful way, thank you, just started talking, just prophetically. That means it is God's speaking his word to us now. Through people, through the Bible, through circumstances we, can't, we couldn't control. <coughs> and as that happened, sorry, friends, do you not have anything stronger than water? <laughs> and as we, <coughs> sorry, it is the bread of the communion. <laughs> but as we contemplated these things, God started to speak and it was just such a massive thing that lay ahead of us to move to Switzerland. And um, I remember that it took me quite a while to really hear God and to put my faith around this move. Jenny knew from day one that we should come. For me, it took maybe three, four months to really hear God's word. And when I heard it, I've never turned back and I've never looked back. For Sarah, it took a period of time for doubt, to turn into belief and faith. And I think (coughs) it could be similar for you and I. So let's be patient with one another. Shall we do that? I think at Lift Church we must learn just to be patient with each other. That's why I don't like to put us in boxes. Because you know, people you can't put into, we must be patient with one another. We must be gracious with one another. We must be persistent to move forward, but we must be patient. And God was very patient with Sarah. Because in the beginning, she showed her cynicism, she showed her fear, she showed her unbelief. But eventually, the Holy Spirit, who penned Hebrews chapter 11 down for us, through an unknown author, says that she was considered a woman of faith. Put yourself in her place. There is hope for you and I. That's a wonderful thing. Sarah thought, who is it that was making the promise? And her conclusion was, it was God himself. You see, they came out of Ur of the Chaldeans, Abraham and Sarah. They were an idol-worshipping family. They didn't have a Christian background like so many of us here. They didn't have the scriptures like we do. So they just had to, it was almost like a crash course in believing God. (laughs) That's what it was. But both Abraham and Sarah learned to hear the voice of God as they went along. They made some mistakes just like you and I. They messed up badly in certain circumstances, the consequences of which we still feel today. But the most beautiful thing is Hebrews 11 tells us from verses 11 to 16 that she became a woman of faith. You see, the most beautiful thing about Jesus is that he always elevated women to a high position. We see the scriptures do it too here. He elevates Sarah. The Holy Spirit tells us just about her beauty of being a woman of faith. Let's make sure that we elevate one another to the positions and the places that God has for us. God loves women in a very special place within his heart. After all, he came to this earth through human origin, through the origin not of a physical man, but through the origin of a female. How's Jesus for nine months? Jesus loves women. And we see the wonderful picture that Jesus paints about Mary. Men, let's treat our wives like they are princesses. She wants coffee in the morning. Get up early enough to give her coffee. And a resounding... Sheesh, that was weak, Christo. <laughs> Sheesh. I don't know whether you're chewing on your tongue or something else, but that was a very weak amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Thank you. <laughs> Belated, but it's there. <laughs> if she wants tea, bring her tea. <laughs> if she likes flowers, bring her flowers. <laughs> I haven't got the time, but I'm going to tell the story in any case. (laughs) I was in a shop in England. We were there for a conference, and then we preached in Newcastle at a church there. And we were in a hotel, and I had forgotten my toothbrush at home, and I needed to get some toothpaste. So I walked to the garage shop there where they sold those things. And as I walked in, there was a young guy, and he was trying to buy flowers for him his wife and as he walked up he looked at me he says i'm in trouble i'm taking my wife flowers i look at him i said that bunch of flowers they're not going to do it <laughs> he says do you think so? i said no he says can you help me i say yes and so we went back to the buns and i said this one this one and this one you take that he says have you been married for a long time i said 29 years <laughs> he says i will listen to you he says what's the success of your marriage I said to him, make sure that she knows she's more important than what you are in the relationship. I said, if you do that, you'll have a successful marriage. And he looked at me and he says, mm, I think I'll do that. I wanted to pay for the flowers, but I thought, no, this man has to have some pain. <laughs> Way off of the subject matter, but that's all right. So important for us just to have patience with each other in this journey of faith. But my friends, when we hear God speak, it's amazing how faith can rise up within us. I remember that night, the elders here had asked us to come. I wasn't sure whether I had heard God or we had heard God. I mean, there were so many words that came but I'm the type of guy that I need to hear it for myself, even though God spoke prophetically. And I remember that night, I was in bed, and I couldn't sleep, and I just went into the lounge. And I just sat there, and I started praying, and God just spoke to me. It is almost audibly, almost. I could still hear the words, but it was within my spirit. And God just said to me, Piet, your assignment at Cox is over. That's the church that we let there. Your assignment is over. When I heard the word of God, all I said was, yes, Lord. Went to bed and I slept so well. Got up, told Jenny, went to our eldership team that was walking with us. And I said, God has released me from the church. We can go now. It was so clear. My friends, for Sarah, she needed to hear the voice of God. Just what do we need to do when we find ourselves in the place like Sarah did and we encounter the unexpected, the suddenlies of God? What should we do? Well, for Jen and I, we had heard God's word. Our 16-year-old son said i'm not coming with you you guys can go we said to him you have an inheritance in this you need to come our 18 year old son went to england he just graduated we heard god's voice and our reaction was one of obedience that's what sarah did sarah lived a life of obedience Foul at times. Remember when Abraham said, We've got to leave Ur of the Chaldeans? Sarah followed him. She was a lady who knew how to obey. My friends, make sure that we have a history of obedience because when the unexpected happens, how we've lived then will help us to live now. Agreed? Cultivate a lifestyle of obedience. Because when the unexpected happens, it'll be easier to walk in the now word of God for your life. We call that the prophetic word. Secondly, when we look at Sarah, how did she deal with this unexpected event within her life? She was faithful with the little God had given her at that time. God wasn't going to entrust her with much more. (laughs) He was going to entrust her. I want to laugh. It is so funny. You know, she she couldn't fall pregnant for nine years. Now God is giving her nations and nations and nations for 90 years. And my heart, as I was preparing, I thought, oh, God, for those who can't fall pregnant, here, it is such a hard thing. And so my heart goes out to you who are in that place. But I have faith. I, we've prayed for people who couldn't fall pregnant. And soon after, we've seen people fall pregnant again. I have faith for that. It's up to God to do it, whether he wants to or not, but I have faith for that. I'd love to pray for you afterwards if you find yourself in that position. But Sarah was faithful with the little given him. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 6, it says, So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seeds of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Because he knew that the three men were coming. She was faithful in the little. She went and she baked. She went into the kitchen and she prepared what needed to be prepared. Abraham had the meeting with the man. She was faithful over the little. My friends, we prepare ourselves for the unexpected when we are faithful over the little. When the unexpected happens and you don't know what to do, my friends, be faithful over the little that you know what to do. came to lift this beautiful church, this beautiful country, and we had to start to become faithful with the little that God gave us. And it's amazing how God blesses the little. God will bless your little. Be faithful over that. And then thirdly, and I've spoken about that, just be patient. Be patient when the unexpected happens. If you are a person who is patient when the unexpected happens, you will be all right. For Abraham and for Sarah, in their lifetime, they were faithful over the little, but also they were patient to see the promise of God fulfilled. Remember, they didn't see the promise fulfilled within their lives. Did you know that? During their lifetime, only one son was born to them, Isaac, and two grandsons. It was only after they died that the fulfillment of this promise started to be worked out. My friends, just because you and I don't see doesn't mean that God isn't working. Amen? So be very careful to judge your faith by your results. It's not the way that God works. I want to encourage you, like Abraham and Sarah, just to be patient and let God work it out. And we'll close right here. Would you stand, please? We're not going to sing. We've sung a lot today, haven't we? It's been so wonderful. But what I do want to do is to pray for you If you find yourself in a position, in a place. Where the sudden lease of God has overwhelmed you. I'm not going to prophesy more children over us. (laughs) Although I pray that some of you would have children. But I want to pray that whatever unexpected circumstance whether it's a comfortable one or an uncomfortable one, you'll find yourself in, that today, that you would draw strength from the example of Sarah. Father, we want to thank you for scripture that is God-breathed. Thank you for the Bible that brings life through the wonderful gospel story and we ask this morning where people here have struggled with some of the suddenlies that's come upon them. The strains and the difficulties that people are experiencing. Maybe some challenges that you have placed before people. Maybe in the form of great visions that you've given to us and we're not yet seeing the fruit of it. Father, we pray through your Holy Spirit today that you would come. And that you would give us faith to believe that you keep your promise and that you are good. Father, we pray for us as a congregation, for those at home today, Lord, that you would do this within our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.